Hello and welcome back to Between the Notes, a Motif Music podcast recorded at the parlor in Providence, Rhode Island. Today we are sitting down with Dread Buffalo. We want to thank the parlor for hosting, as well as our other sponsors, R1 Indoor Carding, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. We'll get started today by enjoying a performance from our guests before we sit down with them to discuss their experiences with the local music scene. So sit back, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show. Hello everybody, we are Dread Buffalo. Thank you so much to Motif and to the parlor for having us this evening. And this first song that we have is a new one of ours. Take it away, boys.
Thank you. Thank you to our wonderful crew living over there behind the camera, which you cannot see. That was something that we just recently wrote that we're eager to share. And this next one, well, the next most of them, is going to be off of our second album that we just released on November 11th. You can stream it everywhere, Spotify, YouTube, all that jazz. It was wonderful, it was a labor of love. And now we're gonna give you one, two, three, four, five songs from it. We're just gonna give our boys some time to tune from the depths of D.
Thank you to everybody who's listening. Thank you again to Motif and the Parlor. Those last two were Hermit's Headroom and Shaman's Discipline. And this next one is called The Morrigan. Oh, but first. This next one is called Miss Solo. Mm. 
All right, this is our last one. You've been a great audience, thank you. This last one is called Heat. Boy, is it hot up here. <laughs> the dark age. Hello everyone and welcome back to Between the Notes with Motif Magazine. My name is Jack Downey. Uh, it's great to be back. It's been a while since I've done one of these. I think the last one I did was June. So I've been away for quite a while. Um, but I'm very happy to be back. I hope you're happy to see me. Um, across from me today are four musicians who I actually know quite well. Uh, we are from roughly the same area of Massachusetts. Dread Buffalo. They just put on an absolutely killer set. Um, really, really great stuff. Uh, a lot of it off of their latest album, The Dark Age. And so why don't we start off with uh, you guys introducing yourselves to the audience in case they don't know who you are. I'm Alarissa Rose. I sing. I'm Logan, or apparently AKA Crash Underwood. <laughs> I uh, crash the drums, apparently. Crash Bandicoot. I'm Chase. I play the, the strings, the six one, six string one. And I'm Nate, and I play the bass. All right, Dread Buffalo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so I do have a question that I've been meaning to ask you guys for a while. What does the name mean, and why is Dread spelt without an A? Uh, can I tell the story? Okay, so uh, the reason why we have the name Dread Buffalo is because a while ago, our friend Zach Zulek, shout out Zach, what's up, dude? Um, 
we were playing a show, and it was with a slightly different lineup. Chase and I were still, you know, guitar vocals, but we had a different bass and drum. And it was after the show, my friend Zach was like, hey, can I tell you about this dream that I had? And I was like, oh, of course, absolutely. Like, let me, let me know. So he starts talking to me, and he's like, so I'm running through a tunnel, Indiana Jones style. There's a boulder going behind me, but it's not a boulder. It's a witch doctor. And he's running past me, and then in true dream style, I end up in a cavern. The witch doctor is in front of me. Obviously, I'm talking to Zach. Blows dust in my face, and in the dust, and he specifically said in neon lights, which really like caught me, uh, D-R-E-D buffalo. And he said that he was cursed with the curse of the dread buffalo. And at the time, we had a slightly cheesier name, like a cheesier uh, band name, because we, we had been gigging already, but we just didn't have it, we just didn't have it together yet. Um, and so I was like, boom, yeah, that's our brand new name. So yeah, it was just our friend's dream, and we kind of rolled with it, and the curse of the dread buffalo kind of stuck. Yeah, wow, that's... That's a lot cooler than I, I expected. That was really cool. When something comes to you in a dream, I think you have to know at that point that it's fate and that you kind of have to just yeah. go with it. But um, Especially when a friend's like, can I tell you about this dream that I had? I'm like, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it wasn't even one of your dreams. It was someone else's and they passed it on to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I guess kind of going off that topic, something that I've noticed about your music, particularly uh, your latest songs, um, uh, is that a lot of them focus on I guess, I guess you could say medieval themes, like kind of uh, mystical, almost like magic elements. Uh, where, where does that come from, typically? Well, I guess, I mean, because I write most of the lyrics. I mean, uh, sometimes they'll throw in some lyrics, too, and Chase is a really good lyricist as well. Um, honestly, all three of them are, and we'll, like, we'll kind of work on them together. I, I predominantly write most of the lyrics, though. Um, and, I mean, personally for me, I have a lot of just, like, attachment to... Uh, other side. Uh, I, I really appreciate um, kind of like different energies and I've been like working with it since I was like really really young and it kind of came to me when you know when stuff is hard in life there's usually like some like silver lining and I randomly found this book because a friend of a friend of a mother's of a you know that type of connection gave me this book called The Power of the Moon by Laurie Cabot um, and it's like a Wiccan text and at the time I like I was like literally 11 and I was just like, oh, this is so cool. It's like witches and wizards and sparkles and I can turn people into frogs now. And <laughs> um, but it ended up being like a lot more than that. And, you know, when you're young, you kind of take it at face value and then you kind of like continue to work with it. And, um, and a lot of the lyrics, I mean, I do have a lot of lyrics that are like in Shaman's Discipline, for, for example, it's like I am citrine shine, breathing hematite vibes. Like I'm, I'm using those crystals like specifically in the music as if it was kind of like a spell, like you're using those specific crystals for the energy that they hold when you're doing any form of like magical working or meditation and you're sitting with the crystals. Um, but I kind of, I look at songs pretty similarly, like not all of the songs have such like deep meanings. Like some of them are just like, woo, we're having a good time. And like, I love this type of song and whatever. But some of the songs are a little bit more like, oh, well, this is how I feel about it. This is my progression through it. Like Shaman's Discipline is more of like a progression through at least like for me when I wrote the lyrics and stuff and we kind of all worked on it. But um, for me, it's just like a progression through like, you don't know what's going on. The first verse, you're like freaked out. Life is hard. Things suck. Yeah, you're all over the place. The second verse is like, OK, I'm figuring things out. I'm making my life happen. I'm putting things where I want them to go. I'm manifesting the things I want to be doing. I'm intentionally putting my energy where I want to put it. And then the last one, which is I am citrine shine, breathing hematite vibe. All of that is just kind of like encompassing like, OK, well, I'm here. Like I've manifested. I am living the thing and living the dream that I want to be living. So it's kind of like a roundabout answer, but. 
Also, the mystical themes come from just being nerdy, you know? <laughs> just, you, I mean, when we wrote it at the time, it was our old bass player, Paul, and we, uh, we liked, like, Lord of the Rings and stuff, you know what I mean? So that's kind of how a lot of the theme for the album kind of came along, was just, like, us being, like, her being magical, liking, like, all the, the witchy things and stuff like that, and then us just liking Lord of the Rings and, like, just different, like, you know, different stuff from like back in the day and like you know all that yeah yeah. and just try to incorporate that into like the music side of it and then the lyric side of it you know so yeah no it's all very interesting so you say you're a fan of lord of the rings have you seen rings of power yet yeah i haven't either so yeah i want to though (laughs) yeah me too i'll get around to it at some point we'll get around to it at some point (laughs) um so I know at least for Chase, but I'm, um, I probably for the rest of you guys too, I know that there's a lot of different musical projects going on outside of Judge Buffalo as well, you know, uh, Chrome Locomotive, um, things like that. Yeah. And so how does, um, how does Dread Buffalo factor into each of your lives? Like is it, would you say it's kind of like the center of your musical universe? Um, is it like, um, like... Sorry, can you repeat the question? I, yeah, it's like um, how, like how, uh, how big is Dread Buffalo to you guys? Probably bigger than any of the other projects I'm in. No offense to any of the other projects I'm in, obviously, because when I do like Chrome Locomotive, all that other stuff, I like put effort into it as much as I'd like do for this. But I feel like most of my brain space, my style, like kind of everything that makes me me. I mean, talking for me, but kind of makes the whole band, you know what I mean? I feel like I put more of my all into this than other stuff because it just kind of represents me as a person, like, more than anything that I work on, so. Yeah, and um, I'll just mention Logan and I are also the rhythm section of a band called Stone Buzzard, so um, we we practice about once a week with Stone Buzzard and twice a week with Dread Buffalo, um, playing out with both bands, so. I'd say our time gets split, split pretty pretty evenly, but you know we've been playing a lot more lately with Dread Buffalo. Um, you know we we just started writing songs together with Dread Buffalo pretty recently, which is awesome. Um, and we're we're both active writing with Stone Buzzard, so it's it's about even. But I mean lately we've been playing more shows with Dread Buffalo. But what Logan chime in as well? <laughs> yeah, we like to split up the time pretty evenly uh, between both of them. And for me, it's it's a lot easier to kind of compartmentalize between the different bands because the other band, I'm one of the lead singers. And I used to sing and play drums in that one, but I just recently, it's like, you know what? I want all the drumming energy to be in Dread Buffalo. And the other band, I want to just sing, focus on. Uh, and I also play some guitar in it. So it's a lot easier to just do that and break it away from Dread Buffalo. But we try to put in as much energy as we can to both projects. And right now, yeah, we're gigging out a lot with Dread Buffalo, so a lot of energy is going that way. I'll just chime in a little. Um, previously, Chase and I were also in a project called Holy Flies, mm-hmm. um, which is still running. Great project. Shout out Foz. Um, and he helps you record, and he's great. Um, and uh, they just re- released like our uh, songs that we did with Holy Flies. And I, play, I played synthesizer on it, and uh, Chase plays drums on it, and then Foz does vocals and guitar and at the time it was very much the same with like the stone buzzard thing it was like we were very much splitting it up 50 50 and working with that um, and it was also i want to chime in because I, I felt the same it's easy to compartmentalize you know i'm only like doing keyboard and like synth stuff here and then i'm like a vocalist here so it was kind of easy to like kind of do everything i wanted and then we just decided to kind of more focus on dread buffalo at least for chase and i 
So you mentioned Foz, who is a local legend, obviously. Um, legend. Runs Deadbeat Entertainment. Um, check that out, by the way, Deadbeat Entertainment. Really cool group of people. So something that I've, I've come to notice, I guess, in the past year is that in southern Massachusetts, there's kind of a new scene that's been growing out of these deadbeat bands, like Holy Fries, Dread Buffalo, uh, Pink Lids, stuff like that. So would you say there is something growing there, or would you say it's just a bunch of, uh, just a bunch of bands kind of doing their own thing? Both. Nice. <laughs> like, I think, like before Deadbeat, it was just like TPE. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you're familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah, just like way back. Um, but even then, it was like us and like a bunch of like pop punk bands like around like the South Shore area, or like closer to us. You know what I mean? Like not like even in like Hingham or like Weymouth or anything. Um, but I don't know. As far as like the bands that have come up in the South Shore scene, um, I I think I forgot the question too. <laughs> <laughs> say a little bit too I mean I feel like um, well first of all the South Shore scene has been really really good to us and I also just love the South Shore scene like it's just a lot of fun like there's a lot of great venues there's New World Tavern there's the C-Note like we've played a bunch of them and then there's even like Wicked Healthy which is like a health food store that we yeah. get to like take over every once in a while you know um, and I think all of those places are really fabulous and I think it's really cool that we have the community that we do because it's easy to do stuff like Wicked Healthy because it's like, okay, well, we need three other bands to fill the gig because we want to do kind of like a more varied bill and we want to have some fun, so let's get a bunch of people and we already know like, oh, well, my friend's in this one, like Pink Lids or something like that, like Holy Flies and it's like, it's nice because we can kind of all work together with each other as much as we can. I also feel like a lot of times too, we're like, everybody's kind of we like do stuff together and then like I'll see like holy flies go to like I think like Worcester and like kind of go to other areas and then like for us I mean because of Nate and Logan we have a lot in like the Providence scene like we're at the parlor right now and it's like this is this place has been really good to us and um what's the other one that we always play oh Dusk Dusk is wicked great um so it's it's cool like I I think we we all really enjoy the South Shore scene and then we all really enjoy like branching out and like going to new places and you know we're hopefully going on tour next uh spring summer so oh, it yeah? should be fun to like kind of go and see some new places where are you guys trying to tour to I my goal is to go as far as like Asheville North Carolina because I've just always wow. wanted to visit because it's just cool <laughs> I mean you know fingers crossed it's one right. of those things where it's like we're gonna do our due diligence we're gonna shoot for the moon land among the stars um <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's a fingers crossed moment right now. But we're getting there. We're, we're making some plans, making some moves. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that before this current lineup of the band, there were other people who had been uh, on drums and bass. How did you end up finding um, the members for your current lineup? The current lineup? Yeah. Yeah, so we, you know... Had our member things. We've gone through a bunch of different member changes, like even since our like first show when we were out originally. Rosebuds. <laughs> it's like Voldemort. Um, but the way we met these guys is there's this thing on Facebook, and it's like uh, Boston Musicians Network or something like that. And... Um, I mean, we were just looking for a drummer, so because we just didn't, it was just us. Like, it, that's what it was left to, and like recording the new album and stuff. So I put on that little like group forum. I was like, hey, is there any drummers out there that like, you know, would want to do this? Obviously, like, just the simple like throw out, like, hopefully someone will catch it. And then he messaged 
and was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if it was serious at the time, but well, <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. <laughs> no, to give a little context to that, actually. So we played a show, I think it was with the Rosebuds. Um, I think it was with Vanilla Function. So Nate and I were playing. 2020 yeah, it, was, it was no it was 2019 it's 2019 yeah. yeah it was yeah early march 2019 and then um so we met you guys so i know we were like friends on facebook and stuff like that and then uh i went on to play in black dagger and then in black dagger at some point in uh later 2019 maybe in the summer summer we were looking for a rhythm guitarist and i know mike yeah. our bassist had reached out to you so like there was that connection and then like Chase was saying, they were they were looking for a new drummer, and I remember because uh, COVID had just hit, you know, and this is yeah last year, so 2021, they put it on Boss's Musicians <laughs> Musicians Network, and I was at the time living out way um, western uh, way in Western Coventry, like right near the Connecticut border. So I I, I saw his his message, and I'm like, you know, there's there's not much going on. Like Stone Buzzer was doing stuff, we we were focused on recording, like we weren't playing just yet. I was like, okay, well, this would be fun. I just like, I, I want to join, but I'm like pretty far away, so maybe we could make something work. I, I don't know. Because um, you got, were you guys, where were you living at that time? We was were, it Plymouth? Yeah, we were, we were living in Plymouth at the time, and I remember, yeah. yeah, you said you were out in Coventry, and we drove, I think, like an hour and a half, hour maybe and a half, almost. Yeah. Oh, right, because we yeah. were doing a gig with Holy Flies. We did like a oh, little mini. We did a mini Connecticut tour with Holy Flies, which was awesome. Yeah. We played. Red Wana and the Crunch House. Oh, Shout yeah. out to both those places. Awesome spots. And yeah, we did like a back to back show with them. And then we were like, well, we're coming up from Connecticut anyway. Do you want to jam? And we did. And then he was like, I know a bassist because we needed one at the time. And I mean, now the rest is history and we're here. Awesome. A little context Nate and I have been like friends since high school oh, yeah. days. So we've been playing together for a long time. So I was immediately like, I know a guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know a guy. Yeah, that's, that's a good story, you know, because it shows that, you know, even with the pandemic, things were still able to to happen, you know, musically. It was tough. But you guys all seem like a pretty solid group, so... <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, so you just put out a new album, The Dark Age, your second album, right? How, uh, how was the recording process for that? Because you said it was a, a labor of love, right? Those are your words? So... Um, I think Chase and I can answer this one pretty effectively. Um, I'll start and then Chase will go. It, it was it was really wonderful. We worked with Gary Alex, um, and he's part of like Miked Up Audio Production, and it's pretty much just like he has a studio in his house, um, and he's he's fantastic. He he did our first album as well, um, and the first album, just for context, we recorded recorded, mixed, mastered, produced everything, like album art, cover, everything was done in three months exactly, literally. Wow. And that was because we had a full band at the time and we were doing um, a live take and I had like a scratch vocal take and then we just did some overdubs for things like solos and we had like a vibra slap on like some of the songs, you know, just stuff like that. Um, so that was three months to the day. Now, the second album took 363 days. It's not because we were working every single one of those days, obviously, um, but it was things like COVID scares, a computer exploded, like his computer exploded, which wow. luckily he had an external hard drive that everything was on. But if he didn't, we would have just started over. <laughs> and it was a really, that was a really scary like two weeks when we were figuring out like if anything was even gonna happen again. Um, but yeah, and, and I mean, on top of that, and I'm gonna pass it over to Chase because Chase did like 
most of the drums, bass, and guitar, with some of the bass being our old bassist and some of the bass being even Nate did one, but I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, labor of love. Like, <laughs> that's, like, the best way you could probably put it. But, yeah, so kind of had a little trouble, like, in the beginning because, like, we recorded... I did all the drums on the album, so it was me and the old bass player went in, like, recorded everything, and then, like, to the best that, you know, we both could and whatnot, or him, I guess, but, yeah, live take, then, you know, after that, I just kind of, you know, the the bass player fell off a little bit, you know, he's, uh, he's out somewhere in the sea, um, and then... I just did my guitars after that, did solos, and like kind of worked that for like a couple months um, to get that perfect. And I even had to redo some bass tracks and, and just do bass tracks in general because there was just some songs that like were made like very closely to when we were like already like halfway through the album, something like that. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't right. Like the bass tracks but yeah, it, t it took a while. The bass tracks, like some of them I had to fix, some of them I had to just redo myself, and then the guitars and the guitar solos took probably way too long, and then... Because, <laughs> because Chase is the king of just one more. Just one more. Like, ju no, Perfection. just like one more. Like, Perfection. just one more. And honestly, it's good because, like, the solos are epic. Like, I, I mean, I think that the I think that the music is really great, and I think that it's because we took the time that we did, but it's mostly just because, like, if we had just done like a live take like we did the first album, it would have probably gone a lot faster. But because of the just the resources we had at the time and we really wanted to get the music out because we really honestly, Chase and I just really wanted to move on from that album. Like we have more stuff that we're doing and Nate mentioned that we're all writing music together now cuz we spent like the first um, cuz I think we've been playing together since the end of 2019, well with you, but you showed up in 2020. So it's been like Oh. <laughs> What year is it? Um, end of 2021 into 2022. So it's been like a year-ish with this kind of group. Maybe like, you know, 12 and a half or like 11 and a half months or whatever. Yeah, play, yeah, we've been playing live since February. And now that we have all of the old stuff recorded and all the old stuff kind of like rehearsed and we can play it out, now we're, we finally get to do like new things. So the first song that we played during the live stream is actually just a new song that we all wrote together. Um, Logan had those riffs kind of already in his back pocket. Um, and then we just, you know, workshopped it all together. I, I slapped some lyrics on there. And we have um, two more songs that are already like demoed. Um, so we're already working on the third album like the we love the second album. We love the first album We're grateful for all of it and now we're just we want to do more shit We just want to like go to the next thing pretty much. No, it's understandable. Yeah Yeah, it's interesting. I guess how uh, each album process differs from one to the next Because you mentioned that the first album was largely what live takes like just yeah in there yeah. Were, there, were there any overdubs or just yeah, there was overdubs, so it was like um, a live take for the instrumentation okay. with a scratch vocal on top of it. So I was singing while they were recording, but we didn't use that track. It was just to keep everything in time right. and just to kind of like get the vibe, you know, because like I think like, I, I, you know, big respect to anybody who uses like a click track and stuff. And there's a lot of really awesome bands that use click tracks um, live, too. Um, that's just not totally our style. We prefer to kind of have like a more organic feel. And we like when stuff happens in the studio and it's like, oh, you kind of slowed down there, but it like worked, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes you're like, oh, shit, you slowed down there. That didn't work. But um, luckily, <laughs> luckily, um, when we did the first album, that's definitely like the way 
I personally prefer to record. I think I speak for Chase when I say that, yeah. Um, and I know that when we do the third album with this, you know, quad that we got going on here, um, we're going to do like a live track again. But pretty much similarly, it's going to be live track with all of us. Uh, my vocals will be a scratch vocal, but everybody else will be kind of like, that's your part that's what's going on the album and then we'll do overdubs and every once in a while there's a punch in like oh there's this one bass note we need to fix this hammer on and then we need to fix this one section with this and then we'll usually overdub the solos because chase will do kind of like a rhythm section or like a rhythmy part during his solo and then later in the studio and like in, in, in post uh, we put the <laughs> we put the solos in and then i put my vocal tracks in because and when we did it with Gary, and I don't know, I have no idea who we're going to uh, do our third album with, just because we want to like branch out and meet new people, but um, Gary has this amazing microphone, and it has a tube in it, and it just gives you this, um, like, the warmest sound, and so that was just a wonder, that was like a treat to use, because it's like, it gives you just like this wonderful tone, so, but yeah, that's kind of the long and short of like how the albums are recorded, pretty much. Nice. Um, also, I meant to ask, how did the computer explode? In, in, the, in the guy's studio. It was it was just like it, he just there's so much on his computer. Like he has so many plugins and different like uh, just I don't know DAWs different. Well, he uses the same DAW, but it's just like he has a lot of different plugins. He's got a lot of different stuff that he can use in different like applications and and they're all they're all incredibly useful. And then like he really works some magic sometimes. Um, but it was pretty much just the computer decided it was time. <laughs> I like we would go into a session and like he would load up all the plugins for the for the session and his computer would just like shut down just, because like, there was so many plugins <laughs> and then he called us one day and was just like or no he texted us because we have a group chat or whatever and he was just like yeah so my computer exploded and I don't know if we're gonna be able to get all of what we have which is pretty much all the rhythm tracks like everything and we were I was like oh we don't even we might have to do this like all over again and that was like months of work and because like of like COVID and like all that stuff and we were just like and then he's like no I got it and I was like Fuck. you know it, 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 it's been crazy honestly recording the album but it's yeah. out so Honestly, that's why it's kind of labeled the dark age because like it was a it was a dark time <laughs> for for Dread Buffalo. Oh, yeah, we were we were going through some membership changes, which ended up being kind of like losing some like not like losing some friendships, but like friendships changing what they looked like, you know, and we ended up kind of we even moved during that time. And there was just a lot of stuff that um, for Chase and I personally, because at the time we weren't really recording with Nader Logan yet, but for Chase and I personally, we were just going through it. Like there was just like thing after thing after thing and COVID and the computer and the this. And so it was the dark age. A lot of the songs, I mean, even Hermit's Headroom, uh, Hermit's Headroom is about like drug addiction and people who just, it, it, it's really difficult to get out of the grips of like certain addictions. And it's, it's really frustrating to see your loved ones kind of like fall into that tube. And that's like one of the, one of the darknesses that we experienced during that time. So it's another reason why the album is called what it's called. So is naming, was naming the album The Dark Age kind of almost like giving up those, those, I guess, those n negative times, I guess you could say? Like, just kind yeah. of, kind like of. It, yeah, leaving it in the past. Yeah, yeah, like leaving it in the past. Like, we were just like, because the same way we felt about being like, I just want this music recorded and out. I just want to be over it. Like, I am so done with every single moment that I've talked about, every single moment that I've felt about. Like, I'm 
sick of these last few years or whatever. And of course, there were good times. There was a lot of beautiful experiences that we had amongst all the rabble. It's just that there were like very poignant, shitty things that we were just like, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to get this music out. I want to work with new, better people. And I want to like just, I don't know, just do wonderful things. I mean, now the music that we've been writing has been awesome. And we're fortunate enough that Logan has like a rehearsal space that like him and his dad literally fucking built. Oh my God, can I swear? This is YouTube. That's fine. <laughs> I was like, whoops. Um, but no, yeah. So be, that being said, like we now have just, it's it's just a lot better. It's like a breath of fresh air. Honestly, like working with these two has been a breath of fresh air for Chase and I. So, so what would you say the big uh, inspiration behind the third album is so far? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah, Chase was just saying, yeah, we're yet to find out. Because we, I'm, I don't I don't do it the way everybody else does it and I know that maybe they'll even have something to say but I like to make art I like to like make it as it goes like I'm not for me it's kind of difficult to be like oh that's my end goal like, like A to B I'm painting a B I know it's gonna look like a B it's gonna be yellow it's gonna be black it's gonna have wings you know but I we just kind of like jam like we just jam and then Nate will do this like crazy bass thing and we're like yeah that one and then I like record it on my phone and then like he's like oh 16th notes here I like talk a little yeah, I was going to say, like, right now the inspiration is just, like, the spirit of co collaboration. Because, like, it's our, our first time actually creating music together. I mean, yeah. we've done a lot of jams. Even when, like, we first joined, there's, like, demos that day back to, like, the first couple of jams. Yeah. Like, we and I was still learning the songs and the, yeah. the whole set list and all that. But, yeah, I would say just the spirit of collaboration. Um, I don't really think there's an agenda right now or a theme. And then I think that will just be kind of discovered as we go along, like you were saying, yeah. and especially like once lyrics are being written and whatnot. Right now, it's just like we're just jamming on some tunes and then we'll see where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I'll say these guys have definitely been an inspiration for me, just like coming in and they sort of had a defined sound, but just knowing that I could bring like a little bit of my flavor while also trying to like conform a little bit to what they were doing and like having that like back and forth mix. Um, has been great because like a lot of the bands I've been in up to this point are kind of just me and a friend start writing songs and we kind of don't know where we're going but like for some reason already having that template there that we can like work off of riff off of and hopefully you know do some new things with has been super cool and you know kind of pushing us further I think rock and roll <laughs> that's that's where that's the inspo and I gotta say one last thing on the inspiration thing is like honestly each one of us has like brought a new song in this new one too like each one of us has written the main riff and then everyone else is like oh what if we do it this mm -hmm. like take it this direction which has been awesome because sometimes you know we've all probably been in bands where like it's either one person yeah. writing all the songs or if there's too many chefs in the kitchen then it's just chaos and you don't have organization but so far it's like the method that we have right now is like working pretty great yeah. excited to make the next one just get back us Get back to us tomorrow on this. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if it's any we'll different. Let you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I think they said it really well. It's just we're collaborating, and I, I mean, I personally think that like when you work with people and you kind of get, you kind of get the best of the best from people when everybody's filtering through each other. You know, because if it's just me and my ideas, for example, it kind of becomes like a reflection chamber, and it's like it's like feedback. It's literally just like woo, and it's like going back and forth, and you kind of don't you don't get to look outside of that space. You're kind of just looking at what you like and what you are. And then I feel like you can also get kind of hypercritical, but then you can also like like something that, I don't know, maybe just doesn't sound super great because you just don't have that like extra opinion. Um, and it's obviously like, it's cool to like put out like any kind of music and just like do whatever. 
But it's nice to have, I think, the four of us because we all have like different but similar influences. So it's like we kind of get the opportunity to like riff off of each other and we like a lot of the same stuff, but we like a lot of different stuff. And so I feel like the like the cream rises to the top. You know, we kind of we, we pick our we pick our favorites, you know? Yeah, because, like, you know, Nate will say something, and we'll be like, that's perfect for that, and then maybe, like, I'll say something, and then it's like, oh, well, maybe not this, and maybe we do this, and, yeah. It's great. It's great yeah. that you guys are able to collaborate so freely, because I know there, there are many bands out there where it's like one person calls all the shots, and it's kind of just everyone kind of just follows follows the leader yeah and i don't i don't know like don't get, me, don't get me wrong i feel like a lot of bands can succeed that way um and i'm sure a lot of bands have um but i also like i just personally like that's just like a lot of pressure like mm. uh i don't know it's like i mean i'm the i'm the lead vocalist and so maybe usually that's like their the lead vocalist's job because I, uh, it's like you're the face of the brand or the whatever but it's i don't know i don't really sub, i don't personally like subscribe to that i really enjoy having everybody like I really enjoy having everybody just present as much as they can be and they're also involved in it because if you're just playing somebody else's music which again can be amazing like it can be a wicked fun time and that's like if that's what you love to do that's what you love to do but for dread buffalo specifically even from the start back in like oh my god like 2019 when this whole project even became um i was like okay I want everybody to be like 25% in this. I want it to be like a full 100% and I want us to all have that say because then everybody's invested. Everybody wants to do it. Everybody shows up on stage and they're like, fuck yeah, this is my song tonight. We're going to play your song next and then your songs after that. And even then, it's not even like this one's yours and this one's mine because the way we write it, they're like ours. Like the writing like the writing credits for the third album is just going to be like Dread Buffalo. Like it's just going to have like all of our names on it. It's not like... It's yeah, it's a melting pot. Exactly. It's just... It's just all of us, so. It's not Lennon McCartney, it's the Beatles. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> it's... Right, it's, it's, it's Dread Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> Chase just said, but in fine print, you'll see Chase Kabuckle. <laughs> uh, do I have time for any more questions, or are we, uh, we wrapping it up? All right. Well, it's been an honor to have you on the podcast. Uh, where can people hear your music, and what social media can they follow? Yeah, so we're on everything. Uh, it's D-R-E-D Buffalo. If you put a dot .com after that, that's our website. You search us up on Instagram. That's just our Instagram. Um, we're Dread Buffalo on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Deezer, Smoke Signals. We're there. We're everywhere. Um, and we also have an email list if you're not feeling like being on social media because sometimes that can be a cancer. Um, it's on dreadbuffalo.com. It's just right at the bottom. It says, join the herd. And you, can, you too can be a part of the herd. <laughs> Is that your fan base, the herd? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. It kind of works with the buffalo thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have listened to Dread Buffalo tonight, uh, all the way from, well, Massachusetts and Rhode Island, I believe. So thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you to Motif. Thank you to The Parlor. Thank you, Jack. I love you guys. <laughs> yes, thank you as always to The Parlor for hosting. Great venue down here in Providence, Rhode Island. One of the best. Always a pleasure to do the podcast here. And yeah, it was great to be back. I hope everyone enjoyed uh, tonight's performance. And if you want to go back and watch it at any point, you can go onto Facebook and you can watch uh, the video of both the performance and the interview. And you can hear the audio for both those on Spotify uh, under Between the Notes. So if you want to come back and revisit this again and again, that's how you do it. Well, until the next appearance, 
Um, keep uh, keep checking out Motif. Keep checking out the parlor. Keep checking out Jed Buffalo and all their all their different projects. And have a great night. Thank you. This has been Motifs Between the Notes. We would like to take a moment to once more thank the sponsors for this episode, The Parlor, R1 Indoor Karting, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. And as always, thank you for listening.